Welcome to the LDN Radio Show, brought to you by the LDN Research Trust. I'm your host, Linda Elsigood. I have an exciting lineup of guest speakers who are LDN experts in their field. We will be discussing low-dose naltrexone and its many uses in autoimmune diseases, cancers, etc. Thank you for joining us. I'd like to introduce Lorraine from Scotland, who has multiple sclerosis. Welcome, Lorraine. Hi. Could you tell us when you first started to notice your MS symptoms? Um, almost exactly to the day, the end of February 2000. All right. Um, I developed the most horrendous pain in my head. Not a headache but my very scalp was sore. Mm-hmm. Um, went to my GP, was immediately referred on to a medical consultant, because I think at first they thought it was like a brain tumour or a, a, a bleed of some sort. Right. That sort of intense pain. Yeah. Um, within a couple of weeks, I get sent to the hospital for the appointment. And the doctor kept me in immediately right. and sent me for an MRI the next day. I get sent home for my jammies and told to go back in for tea time, which was <laughs> really, really, really scary. Yeah. Um, following the day of the MRI, and within a couple of days, um, I had my diagnosis. And how did that impact on you? Um, I remember standing... Um, I had went to the consultant with two of my friends, um, and apart from them laughing at me when the consultant said I had a normal brain, because my friends were convinced that that wasn't possible, <laughs> um, that we came outside of this other uh, the garden table, and the three of us looked to each other, and they just started howling the tears. All these people oh. are walking around us, going on with their normal life. Um, and the three of us were just standing and breaking our hearts. It was dreadful. Mm. Um, as an ex-nurse, um, I was convinced that my life was over. Mm-hmm. Having worked with people with the very worst stages of, uh, of MS, yeah. um, I didn't realise that people could live with it. Mm. I thought that people became very, very ill. Mm. Um, so what other symptoms did you notice before you started LDN sorry what other symptoms did you notice before you started LDN um, after the headache it went, the headache dissipated um, I have I had a really bad weakness all down my left side um, I can actually physically draw a line I can still do it I can physically draw a line from the tip of my head all the way down my body. I can actually feel this. this it's really strange. It's like one half of my body's there and one half hasn't. That's exactly what I had. Is it? Yeah, you exactly. Because most people seem to be kind of go around the middle and stuff. No, mine was down the middle and half my tongue, um, mm-hmm, yes. the gums in my mouth, you know, half my nose, absolutely half of everything. Yes. It's really mm. strange. 
Mm. You're you're the first person that I've also spoken to. (laughs) (laughs) I do know what you mean. Yes, and it's very strange. It makes walking quite difficult sometimes. Mm. (laughs) So what what else were you experiencing? Um, Horrendous fatigue. Mm -hmm. Absolutely horrendous fatigue. I went through um, all the different medications that they provide. Mm-hmm. Um, a I can't remember what the next one was. Um, eventually, I was taking Provigil, yeah. um, which is designed for macrolepsy, yeah. mm-hmm. um, which is horrendously expensive. It's something like 60 quid a box. Is it really? Um, and I was taking two of these a day. Yeah. Not boxes, tablets. Yes. Um, well, I also took them, and um, the first night of taking just one tablet I didn't sleep at mm. all uh, it took about a week to settle down so I could sleep but it gave me wow energy during the day it was yeah. amazing kept me awake but then after about a couple of months it wore off so I then took two mm-hmm. which kept me awake quite nicely and then after a couple of months it, it had no effect on me anymore mm. what I found was it had a uh, a cumulative effect almost. Um, I would be fine. I could take them for four or five days straight, no problem, and get to sleep at night and stuff. But eventually, it kept me awake for 24 hours. Right. Um, I had to be really careful when I was taking them. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I had medication to judge with because I needed it just to get through the most basic of days. Yeah. Because it's unbelievable how much the MS saps your energy. Mm. It just leaves you like a dish rag. Yeah. Um, how about your bladder? Did did it affect that? Um, I'm not too bad, fortunately. Mm-hmm. What fortunately. about cognitive problems? Um, horrendous co- cognitive problems. I've always been very proud of my, excuse me, very proud of my vocabulary. Mm-hmm. Um, no, the, the, the sharpest cookie in the box, or sharpest knife in the box even, but I've got a very good vocabulary. Um, and it would be a standing joke with my friends. They could tell by about 8 o'clock at night, and just like if I was on the telephone or something, I would stop being able to speak. Mm. I couldn't get the words to come from mm-hmm. my head into my mouth. I would end up speaking gobbledygook, getting my <laughs> words all mixed up. It's so funny. I, I was exactly the same. <laughs> that as well. That's really unusual because it doesn't. I mean, just because of the way MS is, it mm. everybody's so different. It'd be good to see where our lesions were, how how similar mm-hmm. they are. Spine on my back, on my spine. I I didn't actually. I've only had I've had uh, two MRIs, but it was both mm-hmm. times on my brain. I haven't mm-hmm. actually had my my spinal column. All right. Okay. Done. So I don't know. Well, there's the plaques on my spine. Mhm. So how did you hear about LDN? Um, one of my neighbours, um, a guy called Tommy, who lives across the road from me, mm-hmm. um, has had MS for oh, 20 years plus. Um, man's now in his 70s. He does use a wheelchair now. Um, but he's convinced that MS has kept him as fit and healthy as he is today. He he ha- his symptoms haven't really changed in the last, I think it's sort of twelve or fourteen years now, ten years, oh. whatever it is. He's mm. been taking MS and um, LDN. He was one of the first people to take it, 
um, through the doctor down in Wales. Yes. He had, uh, Dr Lawrence, he had um, read an article about it somewhere years and years and years ago, right at the very, very beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and had started on it then. It's now, I think, a personal friend of Dr Lawrence's. It's been going that long. Mm-hmm. Um, and he kept on at me about it. Just try it. Just try it. It'll no do you any harm. The worst it'll do is no help you. Mm-hmm. It's got to be. It's got to be worth trying. And I had a horrible problem trying to get it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did eventually manage to persuade my GP into uh, into prescribing it. Um, I was quite fortunate. I used the same GP practice as Tommy, um, <laughs> and they had already set a precedence. Yeah. By prescribing it for him, so it made it very difficult for them to not prescribe it for me. But eventually I did get it. And within three days, I felt better. Mm-hmm. Um, with my cognitive easement, that was the first thing it came back. And that in itself is worth its weight in gold. Yes. Um, but I've, now, I mean, I've been on the LDN now for about five years. Mm-hmm. Um, the first 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 year I just kept thinking this isn't going to keep going something's going to happen this is going to get go back as bad as it was and um, the fatigue I, I used to volunteer two days a week um, to the Citizens Advice Bureau mm-hmm. um, and that took up all of my energy mm-hmm. for the week I had to relax the day before do, do my day relax a day do a day and then relax that was virtually my whole week tied up um, just by doing two days voluntary work, mm-hmm. um, I'm now back at work full time. Wow. Did you notice any side effects when you first started? None at all. Mm-hmm. None at all. So how um, old were you when you first had MS? I was... It was <laughs> I got my... Um, just by doing two days voluntary work. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm now back at work full time. Wow. Did you notice any side effects when you first started? None at all. Mm-hmm. None at all. So how um, old were you when you first had MS? I was... It was <laughs> I got my official diagnosis on the 28th of May 2000. So I was 35. Mm-hmm. It was 11 years ago. Wow. Um, so and I really lost five or six years. Mm. Um, having always had a career, I lost my job because I couldn't do it. Um, I worked with adults with learning disabilities um, and I couldn't physically do the job. Um, and I just felt as though I had lost my whole identity. Hello? Hi. Yep. Sorry, thought I'd lost you. <laughs> no, it was a good one. I'm sorry, I've forgotten the question. Mm-hmm. So, it's okay, it will be edited anyway. Um, <laughs> so how would you compare your quality of life now to before you started LDN? Absolutely chalk and cheese. Um, I still have an S. Mm-hmm. It's not a medical cure. But my quality of life has improved 100%. Mm-hmm. 
I feel as though I'm back being myself again. I'm human again. I haven't lost all my identity, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, as I said, I'm back working full time. Don't get me wrong, I come home from work at night, I'm exhausted. Yeah. But who isn't when they come home from a hard day's work? Mm. Well, that's such a good story. What would you say to other people who are contemplating trying LDM but might be a little bit scared? The same as Tommy told me. Try it. It might help you. It's never going to harm you. It's a tiny dose. It's three milligrams. Um, the original um, sort of therapeutic use of it was 50 milligrams three times a day minimum. Mm-hmm. So now I mean, you're taking three milligrams a night. It's worth trying. It's got to be worth trying. You've got nothing to lose. Well, thank you very much, Lorraine, for sharing your story with us. It's very inspirational. Thank you very much, yourself. I'd like to introduce Rachel Thomas from Adelaide, Australia. Rachel is currently residing in the UK. Welcome, Rachel. Hi, Linda. Right, so let's hear your story. When were you diagnosed? Um, I was diagnosed in November, December. I can't remember exactly which month. I think it was November. I think it was probably the 25th, I think. Don't know. Memory's not that great these days. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I was diagnosed when I went back to Australia previously because I'd been on a working holiday maker visa here in the UK. Yeah. I'd been told by a doctor that I might have MS, even though they'd done all of the um, MRIs and all that sort of stuff. They didn't want to actually diagnose me, yes. which I just couldn't understand. Mm-hmm. But then again, they were the early days, and I knew nothing about MS at that point. But yep. when I went back to Australia, I went to my favorite doctor in the whole world and told him what they'd said. He was beside himself, sort of saying, well, why would it happen to you? Why is it happening to you? Mm. And sent me off to actually get the MRIs done. They did my spine, they did my brain, they did everything. And like my doctor said, how could they not have diagnosed you? Mm. You've got that many lesions, it's not funny. Mm. So anyway, scratching head, but that's how it all started. So what was your life like before you had MS and your symptoms? Um, Stressful. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, it uh, was really, really active. Lots and lots of friends, lots and lots of parties, lots and lots of a million things all at once. And I've worked as a recruitment consultant, and so Mm -hmm. there you get a lot of stress. Um, But it was just really, I enjoyed being stressed. And that sounds really stupid. And when I look back on it now, I think, what the hell was I thinking? Mm. But um, I loved it. I loved living on the edge and having to actually have deadlines and meet Mm -hmm. things and go out and be under pressure from clients, be under pressure from where I was working, all that sort of stuff. But um, I loved it. I must admit, my life before MS was also stressful, and I thrived on it. I yeah. thoroughly enjoyed the challenge, you know, because <laughs> you were always being set these goals, 
you know, oh, definitely. You, you had to work hard to to achieve them, and you felt you'd achieved something, you know, at the end of each day, which was uh, very much so good. But the, the pressure and that really isn't good, is it, to to pile that amount of stress on yourself? No, well, but I also I, know that looking back, um, I know that my life has been based on stress. My mother and father were very, very unhappy when I was a baby. Uh, basically, everything in my mother's life has always been stressful. I think she's manipulated it that way. I don't think she knows anything else about that. My father, uh, he's passed away now, but um, he really pressured himself a lot. And he was an athlete and a Australian known athlete. Mm-hmm. and really pushed himself 24 hours a day every day and it's probably where I get it from too but it's actually probably one of the best things in the world for me that he set me up with that sort of work ethic and with that sort of high ideal mm-hmm. um, so that for me to actually find the treatments that actually work for me now and to push myself and not stay in bed and mm-hmm. not sort of give up on life Yes. And I had to really push myself to make sure that I found things. I just refused to take no for an answer. Mm. And that, that's just me, though. Yeah. So what were your symptoms at the time of being diagnosed? Um, well, for me, when they first sort of brought up MS as something to look at or be aware of, um, at that point it was because I was having all of those prickly feelings. You know, when you get like a, I don't know if it's happened to you, but I know probably people who are listening probably do know very much what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, but the whole prickly thing where you can't even touch anything, it feels like you've got prickles coming out of your own fingers. Mm. And so if you actually lean on something, it oh, the pain is just ridiculous. Mm. And then I had, it was my thumb is where it started, my left thumb. And... I couldn't feel, and this is, and even when I used to describe it back then, I'd re, it just sounded stupid, but it's just, I couldn't even feel my own skin properly. It just felt yes. like I couldn't feel anything. Yeah. Because it just felt numb. I, well, I could feel it, but it just felt like there was mm. dead skin in between. Does that make sense? It does. Well, my <laughs> left-hand side was exactly how you're describing it. Yeah. And it was... When I went to the toilet and wiped my bottom on the left-hand side, I couldn't feel anything. Yeah. Just, you know, I didn't know, you know, if I was doing it right because I couldn't <laughs> feel. But also, my left breast was, as you explained, that awful sensation. Mm. And wearing a bra was so oh. painful. It really, really hurt. It just, you know, really uncomfortable, not very mm. nice at all. Well, it did explain when they sort of came up with that. Uh, It did explain heat, and I know that when I first got to England and being under extreme pressure, I came over here without knowing anyone, Mm. um, not having a place to stay, all that sort of stuff. I had to get all that organised when I first got here, Mm -hmm. Um, and then get a job, and then get this. I had no money, and so it was... I suppose really stressful, but I just didn't see it as that because I was so used to stress. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then ended you just up, saw it as a challenge, did you? Yeah, yeah. Because you know who doesn't want international experience on your CV? Yeah. 
And so that's really why I came over here. I'm thinking, hey, hey, I'm really good at what I do. It'll all be easy. Mm. Uh, I was kind of wrong. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> living where I was living, um, I just worked out that I know that I was living in Croydon. I was living opposite a bus station. And I know that all of the pollution that was coming out of there, I could smell it, I could feel it on me every time I walked into the house. Mm. But I ended up with, well, I was diagnosed with having urticaria, which is like a posh name for hives. Right. And I just, it was my first day in a new job, and I just sat there itching the entire time. I honestly couldn't stop itching. I just had... And I was just making all these great big welts all over my arms, all over my back, everything, and I couldn't sit still. Mm. And the weird thing is, they didn't let me go home. Oh, which is kind of odd. I don't know, in Australia, we would tell people to go home because mm. they're no use to you if they can't work. Mm. Um, but it just flared up. All of a sudden, I couldn't explain it. Anything else went to a doctor. She said that I had basically it was hives. She put it down to me having been asthmatic. Now, like I said to her, I don't really get asthma all that much. Only if I'm out in the cold air, that's the only time I get asthma. Mm. Or if I laugh too much, um, with it being cold air or if I've been drinking wine, I tend to get a little bit of asthma. But these days I don't get anything like that. Um, And I put down, I really think that the highs were a wake-up call for the MS. I really do. I think that's where my body was actually starting to go down that sort of route. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can say that for any health problem that came up. I can pin it down to MS. Mm-hmm. But we know that, well, I don't know, in my feeling, because of CCSVI and all that sort of thing, mm-hmm. I know that I've probably had it in my system for a very, very, very long time. It's just that coming to England, I think, set it mm-hmm. off. So how did you find out about LDN? How did I find? LDN. Oh, LDN. Um, Facebook. <laughs> and I think this is MS we're talking about. it. I'm a bit of a research queen. I do tend to spend most of my life on the computer. Um, and really came across, uh, it was you, I think, first that I saw and you said something about LDN and then I saw Simon uh, Congram yes and with him giving updates about how he was going Mm -hmm. and I also spoke to one of my other Facebook friends Kelly who was looking at going on LDN and I think she people were just talking about it and of course once I'd actually been twigged to looking at LDN as soon as anyone said anything about it, I started researching, started <laughs> listening to them, asking questions, annoying people, all that sort of thing. Um, and really, I suppose it takes, it took for me not really knowing which doctor around here would prescribe LDN. I did ask my doctor, mm-hmm. and he said that he didn't know much about it. And I know that when I spoke to my neurologist, he said that he didn't, he knew that some of his other patients were using it, etc., but he couldn't really give me any of the details and he himself wouldn't prescribe it, blah, blah, blah. Mm. But So I just waited until I went to the essential health clinic 
in Glasgow and when I went there for CCSVI scanning, mm-hmm. they gave me LDN. And had your symptoms deteriorated from being diagnosed to starting LDN? Um, yeah, basically my symptoms had sort of been getting worse and worse and worse. So me going up to be scanned for CCSVI gave me the opportunity to sort of jump on both bandwagons at the same time mm-hmm. and really get ev- give everything a bit of a try. So when did you actually start the LDN? Uh, it was July of 2010, so July last year. Okay. Did you have any initial side effects when you started? Um, no, everything was fine. I was terrified that I would have side effects because I used to have really bad nightmares, really, really bad nightmares. Mm-hmm. And I had heard, you know, I think in some online communities that you do tend to get nightmares. I right. thought, oh, God, I can't cope with that because my other half was going away overseas. He, <laughs> he leaves the country a lot for his work. Yeah. And so being left here on my own, mm. I'm already kind of on edge. And I think that comes from someone not being able to be as mobile as they used yes. to be. I yeah. do tend to get a little bit fearful. Yeah. Um, but I must so, say that most people who have sleep disturbance or vivid dreams they're not usually nightmares as such okay so for well, anybody listening you know it's not <laughs> it's not <laughs> usually scary and most people don't have side effects yeah well, i've anyway. never had anything like that the only mm. thing i've ever had was when we built my ldn dosage rate up yeah. to 4.5 and no. as soon as we did that I found that I had no energy. I couldn't get out of bed, etc., etc. And so we had to take me straight back down to four. Right. And then everything's fine. So I've found out that I can't go higher than four. Yeah. So how has LDN helped with your condition? Um, LDN for me has been a godsend. Um, It hasn't helped me... We're in lots of the other things that I've heard it sort of helps other people for, which I was hoping for, um, but it has taken away all the pain that I was going through. Because they had me on Avanax when I was first diagnosed, mm-hmm. of course that means intramuscular injections. Yeah. Um, and with me, I ended up with that much scarring, it wasn't funny, because I was two years on Avanax. Um, the Avanix itself, actually, I believe, and studies do show, that it can actually make people's condition worse at -hmm. some times. But for me, I think that's what happened because I only started to get really bad once I was on Avanix. Now, with having said that, the intramuscular injections left a lot of scarring in my legs and I think probably a lot of inflammation Mm-hmm. And for me, the LDN, because I was lying in bed awake every single night with tears running down my face, I was convulsing, I couldn't sleep, I basically was a wreck. Um, and so once I was on the LDN, from the moment I started taking it, that was it. There was no more pain. I could That's sleep. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't waking my husband. He wasn't having to sort of get up dreary eyes in the morning. Um, but yeah, LDN, I, I can't even go a day without it. There's just no way I'd ever not take it because I need it. <laughs> <laughs> so I, 
by that, I take it you won't be stopping anytime no, soon. No, God, no, no way. Um, well, there's there's no reason to anyway. Really, I, it doesn't do anything bad for me. I don't. I've never heard of anyone having really bad side effects or anything like that. I've not sort of come across someone who said to me, "Oh, it caused this bad, bad thing." Yeah. It just to me, it just doesn't seem. I mean, I don't like the taste of it. I will be honest. Um, because I don't do aniseed, I cannot stand it, and LDN tastes way too much like aniseed for me. But <laughs> really, taken with some really strong fruity cordial, mm-hmm. it goes down really nicely, and you don't taste the badness for too long. Because I had heard how bad it tasted before I started it. Well, I quite like it. I must be. Uh, <laughs> oh, you must like aniseed. I do like aniseed. There but you I, go. I, but I can't tell it's got aniseed in it so i could smell it when i first picked it out i opened the but bottle. it doesn't actually have aniseed in it if you if you ask at the chemist the it pharmacy. just smells like it yeah. it tastes like it i don't know for me it just i mm, think mm, it's mm, the naltrexone actually very bitter taste naltrexone on its own and they use oh. some flavoring to try and disguise that well that's again I'm just one of the people who doesn't do the taste. I really, yeah. <laughs> but I have cordial here. It's the only time I really drink anything that's really sweet or sugary is when I take my LDN. Mm-hmm. That's the only time because I'm on the BDD. I sort of limit the amount of sugar that I actually yes. put into my system. So mm-hmm. that's okay. It gives me my excuse for having sugar. <laughs> <laughs> and what would you say to other people who were... Uh contemplating starting LDN. Oh, don't contemplate. Do it. Get on it as quick as you can. Just do it. Thank you very much for sharing your experience with us. Any questions or comments you may have, please email me, linda, L-I-N-D-A, at ldnrt.org. I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for joining us today. We really appreciated your company. Until next time, stay safe and keep well.